I know I'm not supposed to spoil stuff, but let's see here. Um, the real Joan stops the machine. Annie Murphy was Selma Hayek, not Kate Blanchett. The mom did the murders, killed herself. He gets a BAFTA and kills himself after the guilt. The partner gets in the machine to make his partner murder the wife so nobody can have her. Maisie Day is actually a werewolf and kills the paparazzi. She fails to kill three people. The apocalypse happens, but she hangs with the angel of death till the end of time. But that's technically not in this universe that's created by Black Mirror. It's the Red Universe. Oh, I forgot to mention I spoiled Black Mirror. Hey, let's start the show. And welcome to a podcast with Jordan Haas. I'm your host, Jordan Haas. How's it going? Uh, it's a rambly talk episode. No reason whatsoever for it to be a rambly talk episode. But hey, the background music's back. And that's what people like about the podcast, right? I don't know. Uh, so, <clears throat> heads up. Uh, Mom's getting back into the bad health again. So... I'm getting kind of this might be the third time i don't want that to happen i want it to get better uh so i'm doing the thing where i am rapidly googling what it could be uh she has kyphosis and i think she has hippocampus uh, a lot of carbon buildup. uh so uh anyway hypercapnia sorry so it, it's been weird, to say the least. Um, happy birthday, Discord, I guess. I don't, I was not on my computer till right now. Uh, I spent the last day here watching uh, the Black Mirror. I spoiled the episode, uh, mostly uh, for one reason. I don't think people are gonna be talking Black Mirror. I think that's kind of sad, though, because Black Mirror was, like, the TV show, and maybe it's time that they do do, like, one-and-done specials. I think if I was... I hate to say in the show, because I don't think you should end the show. It's a good anthology series. But this last slew of episodes were just not that fun for me in terms of, like, oh, that's clever. Oh, that's unique. And I understand that Charlie Brooker, because I love Charlie Brooker's work for this so many long. Um, he writes really good social commentary. The first episode is basically social commentary about reality. And if your television, if your life was a TV show, what would that be about? As well as streaming services and algorithms and all that. And the insecurities we all have. Episode two deals with that true crime espionage kind of thing which is like still in the now but surprisingly it's not a podcast they're going for they're going for a documentary style vibe uh, which i thought was actually unique in its concept but i kind of figured out the twist about really early on 
then when I saw it happen, I'm like, oh, damn it. Ugh. Episode three, there was a space one. Now, the science fiction, when it goes into astronaut world, I, I, uh, it, sometimes it, those are the ones that are the head trips because obviously they're trying to go for an alternate reality where they're in space, but then there's this mind wave signal thing where if you're in space, you can have a clone of yourself on Earth, and they're trying to go for that philosophical thing of where's your body and body. And I think that's always very smart. Like, The Matrix tried to go with that, and this one was trying to go off insecurities and things and urges you've always wanted to do. And also, it, it covers the isolation of space as well in a way that I thought was actually very unique but dragged a little too long in terms of the you get the point. Paparazzi episode Maisie Day was uh, an interesting episode, but it felt like a B-tier Black Mirror episode because essentially it was a, a typical uh, story about a starlet who gets fucked up and then we have a paparazzi be the perspective of it. And we've already kind of handled that with the Miley Cyrus episode with Ashley O. That for me, it was just sort of, eh. But the highlight episode, and this is the one I wanted to talk about, was the last one, Demon 79. Demon 79 was not a Black Mirror episode, but rather something called Red Mirror, which is like an alter, which is not Black Mirror, it's its own space and its own thing. And it felt more grindhouse in a way that I like. And for me, I I think we're kind of in the end of the Black Mirror world of like Bandersnatch, and not a lot of people got excited about the last few Black Mirror episodes. Everything has kind of went down since San Junipero. Uh, but this Demon 79 episode, I think that that's the one that you should go out of your way to watch. If they didn't call it Black Mirror episode five, and they just called it its own unique ep like movie. I think that would really have made this uh, explode into something kind of unique and fun, just to stand it out. And while anthology shows are really rare these days, I mean, Twilight Zone just came and went. Um, I do like the Black Mirror series a lot. I think this is the modern day kind of horror that I do enjoy a lot. and. Demon 79 kind of had this great kind of death note feel to it, but there was an angel of death and to like warn the person, you got to kill three people. And it, it becomes this great like story about humanity. To me, I, I like that kind of story and Black Mirror rarely does it. When it's Black Mirror, you think like a nosedive, like the, oh no, my rating is down. Now I can't use this charger and I don't think Netflix has the uh, <laughs> wants to keep Black Mirror going it's been about four years since the last Black Mirror so this is technically you could say this is the reboot of Black Mirror but it's nothing about it uh, really caught my attention I was very disappointed um I feel like we're in the downslope of it. I don't know if Charlie Brooker's getting overworked or it's just what Netflix is doing to the poor guy. 
But between this, Death to 2021, and the uh, the movie trope documentary thing, it's just been kind of like a... Uh, I've seen this act on Charlie Brooker before, and I want to see him cover video games. I want to see him uh, talk about the weirdness of TV. Once it can go through like the problems of TV, go through the problems of streaming. But he doesn't want to bite the hand that feeds him too much, and I understand that. But it... None of the episodes I saw gave me that kind of emotional wreckage that San Junipero did. They gave me that kind of scare that, like, was in, like, say, uh, what was it? The, uh, the, the one with the robot dog. Because uh, that was, to me, really scary. There, there was nothing about this that was like, oh, man, Black Mirror predicted that's going to happen. Because it all felt like we've already had this experience before. And maybe that's the kind of new direction Charlie's trying to go with. The podcast, you're, you get too invested in something. But to me, it felt like more like we are doing the Streamberry like, quintuplet of movies. Like, Joan is awful. Uh, this, this true crime podcast. They all feel like a genre of television. I was waiting for a Western <laughs> at this rate. Um, but that being said, I do suggest of the five, Demon 79 is worthy of the watch. Seriously, check it out. If you love campy B-movies, it's there. If you love really gripping kind of monologues, it's also there. And also a real fuck the Tories vibe too, which is also really good. Um, so do check it out. Um, everything else, I would say if only if you're a real diehard Black Mirror fan should you go out your way to see it. But everybody's going to be probably talking Spider-Verse or The Flash or something. Um, but the purpose of today's episode is not to talk Black Mirror. It's to talk about Mr. Beast. Um, so I think, I don't know if this week's episode Game Shows I suppose covers it. Um, but the question comes up, is Mr. Beast videos a game show? In some ways, his challenge shows are a game show because the Touch the Truck competition has been featured on radio since like the 50s, as well as on television in many forms. And radio contests do that all the time. So he's not really reinventing the wheel in terms of these challenge competitions. In fact, if you break down a Mr. Beast challenge video, a lot of the stuff he does has already been done before in some capacity. Rather like a minute to win it stunt, or the kind of punishment games that you see on uh, Japanese variety acts, that nothing's really unique. Which is a good thing because you can't really say he's original or stealing or plagiarizing. He, he's very skilled with that. But today's episode is basically the trial of Jimmy Beast. Um, so the last week, besides watching Black Mirror, because that was a good distraction, and trying to find when the AEW game can be pre-ordered uh, for Steam, uh, I was basically watching Mr. Beast videos, looking at his interviews, reading articles about Mr. Beast, to try and formulate this episode that I'm presenting to you. Will I have all the answers? Absolutely not. Is this going to be a for Mr. Beast video? Kind of. Is this an anti-Mr. Beast video? Also kind of. 
I hate to be a fence sitter in this situation when it comes to any sort of internet content guy. I don't want to be a drama YouTuber. I hate the way drama YouTubers are these days. And a lot of the stuff that you they're getting angry about Mr. Beast for is kind of unwarranted. Uh, from what I am reading about Jimmy, he is exactly who he says in his interviews. I will say, Jimmy is straight up honest. I think he definitely wants to be a YouTuber. He definitely knows this game well than many people. And my, if you wanted the TLDR quick version early into this, there are bigger assholes out there. There are worse creatures out there than the Mr. Beast guy. I would rather settle for a Mr. Beast asshole than the people that are either do, being copycats to this asshole or the ones that are more selfish, more in, more uh, asshole-ish, standoffish. I think Mr. Beast is the real deal. I do think, however, he's overworked as well. And I worry about burnout for the guy in like five years time. But as long as he's having fun with this and as long as he can uh, not overwork himself, that he can appreciate his success, the better. Um, so that's the TLDR. Mr. Beast, I give it a thumbs up. I give the seal of approval. If Mr. Beast wants to show up to my house and hand me $10,000, absolutely, I'll take the money. Uh, I will be bribed by Mr. Beast. Uh, will I take part in his challenge videos? Probably not. Mostly because I'm not one of those game show contestants going, whoa, my God. But that's not really what I want to talk about today. So <clears throat> there's a lot of things that I've been seeing about that are bad. For one, uh, one of the Mr. Beast crew crew, I don't know what they call themselves, uh, came out a few months back as non-binary, trans to non-binary. And uh, then they tried to do a drama mill where, uh, oh, Jimmy Beast is firing them for being trans. And that's great. And then Jimmy goes, no, that's my friend. What the fuck? No. What the fuck's wrong with you? They're, they're going to be here for as long as they want to be here. And then suddenly that sparks the reactionaries because, spoiler, it's all reactionary dipshits. Um, so, there is valid criticisms you can give the Mr. Beast. I'm not doubting that. But going for the, he supports this, he does this, uh, 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 I don't give a shit. Like, it seems to me like Mr. Beast is an honest guy who's trying to change a lot. When he was a kid, yeah, he said a lot of offensive shit. He said slurs. Uh, he's not really the best in terms of this. He still follows PewDiePie. So here we go. Let me just get to the early things here. First, the rightful criticisms of Mr. Beast. For one, he is the guy who still had a problem. He had a problematic past, you guys. He likes PewDiePie. Yeah, because PewDiePie was the most popular gamer when he was like 11 and 12. Jimmy is very young. Jimmy Beast. Mr. Beast Jimmy. He's still a very young guy. He's in his early 20s. So he's been doing this for about nearly 10 years at this point. He was a real kid. And when early YouTube 
There wasn't a lot of gaming content out there. PewDiePie was kind of early with Markiplier and Jacksepticeye. Yes, you can talk AVG and ScrewTech and all that, but we're talking like the kids. I was in college when YouTube was kind of taking off. We're talking like the high schoolers, middle schoolers who are the next generation, the second gen YouTuber. They had PewDiePie. So there was that whole T-Series versus PewDiePie bout and Mr. Beast wanted PewDiePie to beat T-Series. That was a big funny meme. The only thing I, I think is very controversial about that is when you look back at what happened a few years back in New Zealand, when there was that mass shooting that took place in the church, live streamed on the internet, the closing words before the killer took off was subscribe to PewDiePie. And then he killed 24 people. And in many ways, that's the kind of culture PewDiePie resonates with. And PewDiePie did condemn that. There's no doubting that. He has a lot of change himself. But Mr. Beast at the time was still starting out. He was a gaming channel. He started to kind of vlog because he heard mean comments. And his big claim to fame was this like mini challenge videos. He, he was kind of like what a lot of kids starting out are doing these days. He did a gaming channel. That didn't work out. So he did a vlog. That didn't work out. Then he did challenge videos. Oh, the Chubby Buddy Challenge. Oh, the Cinnamon Challenge. But his big claim to fame was counting to 100,000. I think first was 10,000, but then 100,000. And that's what sparked the new Mr. Beast, is these really dumb things. Then it's, I'm going to get my airsoft rifles and I'm going to do trick shots. And then I'm going to try this. So he's trying different things. So now he's kind of like a mini try guy. And as his videos start getting traction, he's starting to learn more and more about what he presents himself on the internet. He's been reading books about content creation. He's learning about being a business owner, and this is a job for him. So the more he looks into the YouTube sphere, the more he's trying to change his image. So then you see his background changes. There's photos of his friends. Suddenly he gets a sponsorship deal here and there. And his media empire changes. So when you look at Mr. Beast early on, it looks like every asshole's YouTube video that is like less than a thousand views. It's like my videos. It's the, oh, okay. Because he really did start out worthless and I think if you ask Jimmy he would agree he was just like trying to find out his voice uh, in interviews he did kind of say that and when he pivoted into this challenge thing getting his friends involved suddenly he got his traction and then he did more of that and then more of that and that group of friends doing stuff became kind of what Mr. B started out becoming when people think Mr. Beast, uh, Mr. Beast 6000, sorry, not Mr. Beast, Mr. Beast 6000. Uh, so <clears throat> you get to see these friends and he gets more and more traction. He gets 100,000 subscribers. He gets a million subscribers. It grows and grows. 
And so as it grows and grows, he gets this money, probably because of merch sales, probably because of AdSense revenue of YouTube videos. But he then invests that into his YouTube empire. And I'm just going to say this out here. That's why I think Mr. Beast is smart. And that's why I do respect Jimmy. He is trying to reinvest in the YouTube sphere. While so many YouTube channels will just stick to one thing, move on, and that's it. Jimmy, I think, is who he says he is. It's the, well, if I made like $100,000 in this video, I guess I can use that budget to make another video and make another video. And because he's now a widely successful YouTuber, people are coming to him with ad buys. People are coming to him with ways to do company. And that's not including his like burgers and chocolate and all of this other merch things that he does and being in Fortnite. But I think that that is why I think Mr. Beast is a very smart channel. He has cultivated second by second data on how to engage people to stay there the longest. Rather that's a thousand calls to action, the sponsor read or whatever. He knows how to get people to keep watching and not pause, not skip ahead and just stick around. To me, that's a skill that not any YouTuber does. And I certainly don't because I have a podcast. You can skip ahead of this at any time. So Mr. Beast uh, invests in his videos. And I think he does this like pay it forward thing. Like early videos were like, hey, now that I'm successful, I can give my mom a car. And that got traction. And then it became, hey, I could go on a shopping spree and give this to my friend. And I could treat my friends to something. And I could treat my dad to something. It became this sort of like hospitality situation, but with his close knit group, it was his friends and family. And those got traction and that grew. And then suddenly became total strangers. Then that got traction and that blew up and it grew and grew and grew. So now he does like ultra stunt things like, hey, we're gonna get attacked by a bounty hunter. But that bounty hunter probably costs $200,000 to get. And you have to have a crew involved and you have to have all of this stuff and safety guidelines and all this. I think the smartest thing about Mr. Beast is even though he is presenting himself and he is the last say, he is the executive producer of all this stuff, he has a background crew of producers, most likely PAs, so many people behind the scenes to really make sure things are safe, stunt people, uh, science people probably if there's a science thing, and he has a bounty of contacts in the entire world of YouTube and entertainment now at his disposal. He's really a genius at this. So I am going to say he is face, he is at face value, a nice guy, and he's really trying to be true to himself. And I take it at face value. He is honest about that. And because you have shitloads of money through all this stuff, he's going to try and do challenge videos for himself to get the views up. And then every so often, the ones that are the new kind of videos are the what I like to call like Ellen lights, you know, like, hey, we brought some like the people out here and now we're going to give them a cruise while we were talking about big yachts. So there's that feel good sort of Ellen giveaway situation. 
or it's the hey we, this person has a hard time here's ten thousand dollars which is what ellen used to do on his, on the daytime show and it's all this feel good sort of hey here's some person who needs money and we're handing them a hundred thousand dollars and then through all those good faith things including hearing aids and uh surgeries for the blind he's building his reputation as a philanthropist once again no different than the kind of stuff that you see constantly from old television to now then he has like these big challenge concepts like the squid games video that got almost a billion views at this point let's not get ourselves or the one where it's a hundred people trying to win five hundred thousand dollars holy shit there are tv channels that are clamoring to get just a fraction of those views i think that's at like almost 300 million at this point that's super bowl numbers and he has nailed it on youtube to me that's the kind of genius of the guy and that's why i respect him because there are tv people who don't know how to fuck to appeal to younger audiences and jimmy and his team knows how to do that and two with the budget he has he can do whatever he kind of wants for these short form videos that it works and he is trying to i think do a big game show concept for a streamer right now and i think a streaming service could definitely if they throw the money the right way do it but i'm going to pursue of caution there i don't know if the going into tv route is really smart because for tv you're going to a more older audience you're going to people my age my mom's age a grandmother's age and they're like well this guy's very charming and he's cute i guess but uh what's going on with the screaming kid that would be the concept even if you're giving away like 20 million dollars it doesn't matter now what i do like is that it's his concepts are very bare bones it's bottle flipping it is the trick shots that you see in nba games they're not that that's like sketchy uh one of my favorite videos was uh for the 40 million subscriptions he went to a guy's house and dropped off 40 cars and said hey to win a tesla all you gotta do is give away 40 cars to whoever you want and of course he calls his friends and family up hey you want a car here you go but it gets proceeded to be more and more crazy enough to you have to call like total strangers up and it became kind of like a unique concept is it staged somewhat but i would say stage is not the right term i think that the problem is well there is a lot of like top gear sketchy kind of moments especially with like jimmy and his friends and hey let me tell you about feastables chocolates and d's nuts and hey look it's pete davidson and tom brady whoa what are you doing here there is this sort of he wants to commit to the honesty to the audience and he still wants to make sure that his product is still seen as you could be in these videos if you subscribe you could be in here if you eat the chocolate you could be in here if you buy a mr beast burger you could be in a video he's trying to give that hope to his audience 
in a way that's very engaging and has so much calls to action. And if that doesn't happen, he knows that he still has this core bit of audience that he can sell VPNs, uh, movies, apps, whatever, and people give it a shot. He has marketed his channel perfectly in a way that nobody else does. And his feel-good pieces where it's like, hey, I'm going to Walmart, I'll pay someone's entire shopping. Perfect. Amazing. Going to a random stranger and saying, hey, do you want $1,000 or do you want to give away $10,000 to someone here at random? That, that's a good thing. I think those are good things. I obviously, the criticism of capitalism, who cares? <laughs> Ultimately, capitalism is bad. We are in a hellscape. But here's Mr. Beast, some guy who's kind of aware of that and trying to help out people by just throwing $10,000 to him. He's a guy who's just like, I'll just throw $10,000 at this guy who cares. Because that means a lot more to him than to me. Because, and this is the secondary part. While Mr. Beast is doing all these giveaways, giving away Teslas, giving away Lamborghinis, giving away houses, giving away jets, uh, a million dollar desert island, uh, he is still making shitloads of money. And I, I think we have to per not pretend that this is still all a business and he's still making shitloads of money. So. Here is the, while positive, I will say about Jimmy being smart in all this, the downside of that is it's still just a greedy guy. I think he, while his face value is I'm the philanthropist, obviously there are times when he has to lie, but he doesn't want to admit that. So sometimes, hey, you won uh, $20,000, cool. No, we can't have just cool. We need, fuck yeah, oh my God, yeah. Secondarily, his calls to actions are crapshoot lotteries. Well, I do believe the people who are on his channel got there because they subscribed and someone from his uh, production company called and said, hey, we're, I want you in my video. I'm sure that is all true. But I think the odds of you the person listening to my podcast, who's also maybe a Mr. B subscriber, getting anything out of Jimmy, uh, rather, unless it's like a discount to Mr. Beast Burger or a free hamburger if you go and download his app, is nothing. And I think the problem is his calls to action and promises aren't gonna happen. I, I think it's a crapshoot lottery. And I don't think Jimmy wants to admit that because obviously that would make people pissed off. Jimmy will not give you an iPhone if you buy his hamburger. Jimmy will not personally briefcase you $10,000 because you ate one of his chocolate bars. But the YouTube video showed him at a Walmart and a guy got a chocolate bar and Jimmy gave him money. That's never going to happen to you. I'm sorry. It's just not. That was a advertising gimmick. If I eat a Mr. Beast burger, Jimmy's gonna give you an iPad. N not gonna fucking happen. The burger place that was free was a gimmick to sell his hamburger chain so you can buy a burger. It's a stunt. These are all stunts. They aren't real. These are a one and done situation. Jimmy 
doesn't go 24-7 to every Best Buy in the entire world and go, okay, we're going to stock this one place, and then one random guy, we're just going to give him a minute shopping spree, and here we go. No, it, it doesn't happen. You got to get it real, folks. That's, the, that's all I'm trying to get at when it comes to Mr. Beast's. You need to get a little real. Jimmy doesn't do that to everybody. Jimmy is not going to throw a million bucks your way just because you're just some random person. I know, but Jimmy gave away a hundred grand to Twitch streamers and who had zero views. Yeah, I, I, I'm positive he did that without a doubt. I bet he did do that. I bet that's real, but he doesn't do that in his free time. He is. There's only 24 hours in a day. He has to do show preps. He has to figure out meanings of what stunts will work. And I don't know if you noticed, but I'm pretty sure he's doing shitloads of interviews with business tycoons. He has to talk about his marketing businesses because somebody has to talk feastable. Somebody has to talk about his uh, tree company. Somebody has to talk about his protect the oceans. He's doing charity work. He, he's planting trees, clean the ocean. He's doing so many different things. And I bet he does most of the time, I bet that's what Jimmy does. I'm almost positive, based on what I've read in the interviews and stuff, the YouTube videos, while he does have creative output and loves doing those, is not his job now. His job is to be a philanthropist. He, Someone else is making the merch. He's just going to show up and go, hey, look at this shirt that's now dropped on the Mr. Beast store. If you buy it right now, that'd be great. That's it. He doesn't have the time for it. He would rather be known for the trees. He would rather be known for the ocean. And then, of course, Mr. Beast Burger and the chick and the chocolate and whatever new and whatever new business venture he wants. Without a doubt, I bet Miss I bet Jimmy wants to be a Mark Cuban. It would not surprise me if next season Jimmy ends up on Shark Tank, or there's a rip-off Shark Tank and he's gonna invest in some bad companies. Without a doubt, that seems like something that would be in the near future for that guy. But it's not going to happen. And I think that problem is, when you look at it, there's hundreds of millions of subscribers to the Mr. Beast channel. And some of them are thinking, hey, if I subscribe, Mr. Beast will give me something. But that doesn't happen. If you comment, on his videos, he barely reads some because there's like 20,000. Is he gonna listen to this episode? No, because I just spoiled Black Mirror. Maybe he loves that show. Maybe he's pissed off. Uh, be, but I think if he did listen to this, which by the way, hey, Jimmy, uh, I email's available. PayPal me some money. Uh, no, um, I'll, I'll, I'll give you the address. I'll, you could, all right. Um, no, I, I, what happens with Mr. Beast is I think it's he wants to expand and every year he wants to expand and expand. He's thinking like a business. He's treating Mr. Beast like a business. He's treating chocolate like a business. He's treating everything like companies. It's not necessarily YouTube. It's a job for him. And I think he wants that feedback. I think he cares about feedback. And I think if Jimmy's listening to this, he's a, he's a smart guy. He's a smart cookie. I, 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 I like the way he handles things. I think the 
people who give him shit for like, hey, I'm throwing money and here's a YouTube video and I'm going to scream at this. I, I think those aren't really warranted. Now, if suddenly there was a blind person and he was getting out of surgery and he could see for the first time and then Mr. Beast just shows up and then throws an iPhone in his face and go, hey, now that you can see, can you subscribe to my YouTube channel? Yeah, then I would probably have a fucking problem with the guy, but he never did that. What Mr. Beast did was, hey, I'm paying for the surgery, but also I noticed that this family doesn't have a car, so I'm going to donate a car to them. And here's $10,000 to this person who's a college student. There's all of this in addition to's that actually are feel-good pieces. And the only other negative I, I hear about is, oh, but the taxes, but they have to pay taxes on the prizes. Yes, because gift taxes suck. It's like a game show. So unfortunately, even though someone wins $100,000 on a Mr. Beast video or a million dollars, they're only going to get like maybe half the money, if any. And they have to pay tax on they have to pay taxes on the Tesla that they win. Uh, and not a lot of people know that. That's because I mean, that's kind of sketch, but it happens. Uh, to which, hey, you can sell it, make money. That's what prices right contestants do. Uh, or you could just try and figure out what you're going to do with it. Now, I, I think Jimmy Beast is aware of that sometimes. And I do think that he, he tries his best, but I think that is a major, like, uh, blind spot in some of his uh, philanthropy work is the taxes that go into some of the prices. So I think that kind of criticism is definitely warranted i don't know if he cares anymore about that because oh someone has to pay taxes well that sucks he should probably sell that that jet i'm gonna have to fucking go over to uh record joe rogan show or whatever the fuck he's gonna do next <clears throat> uh so he's a very busy person and i think he's just thinking business wise uh recently uh, he got a Japanese Mr. Beast channel, and now that's all dubbed, and they got Naruto's voiceover to be Mr. Beast. And so now it's not just in in, in, in English. There's, an, there's a Spanish dub, there's a Japanese dub, and there's more expansions and more reach for these videos. The more reach, the more eyeballs watching Mr. Beast, the more money he makes off the YouTube videos, which means the more he can expand on his content and the more he can pay more producers and do more and more and more. He's thinking really smart. And I think there will be a time eventually if YouTube ever crashes and burns, because there's always that what if, that in the event YouTube does not have a good AdSense revenue and things crash and burn, Mr. Beast will be just fine. Mr. Beast has created a nest egg of himself that, hey, if this ever flops, he could start his own streaming service. He could start his own YouTube service. He could do anything. Because he is probably that kind of uh, three steps ahead. What happens if YouTube takes down a video? Get an attorney. Uh, so I, I think I think there's some smartness with the guy, and I think the criticisms, while valid, are still sort of out of left field. That being said, while I I do appreciate Jimmy Beast, I do think he has a really good burger because the brown mustard. 
I don't like mayonnaise, but but mustard. And he has this uh, chocolate bar, which tastes like waxy Easter chocolate, which some people will like. Uh, I think there's still that level of like, well, is he going to keep doing this for the rest of his life? Is he going to stop eventually? What is his game plan 20 years down the line? And there's some messed up things like he got an actor to clone himself so he can be in two places at once and make decisions. And I don't believe that. Additionally, uh, he has, I think, a million in Bitcoin. And that's now like 20 million in Bitcoin, like it expanded. So he's a crypto freak as well. Uh, there's a lot of weird things you can say about Mr. Beast. Uh, but I think here's the biggest negative. One, you have to bring it to reality. Mr. Beast isn't really going to hand you money. You're, you're going to have to work for it on the weird challenge video for the content. And then he makes all that money up in dividends. Hey, I'm giving you $10,000, but this video got over 300 million views. So now I get like $4 million. So it, it becomes this sort of like, hmm, I don't know. But the other negative, I would say, is more of besides the he's like a parasocial. I hate I hate the term parasocial. I'm, I'm starting to think that's just an overplayed term now. But besides the Mr. Beast will give me money, everything will be OK. And I'm sure I bet if I asked Jimmy, if I ever had an interview with Jimmy, that would be one of the first questions I ask is how many like stand emails did you get of like fans getting pissed off? He never gave them money. Hey, your biggest fan, Jimmy. Give me, give me twenty thousand dollars. I need a new car, and they never got it, and they would be pissed. I bet that would be very common. Just like the "I hate you, Jimmy," because I asked for like money and you never gave it to me, and ah, uh, that kind of thing. I bet, I bet he gets that all the time, and he's annoyed by it. I bet people go to the business contacts and try and think they're contacting Jimmy instead of like someone in charge of his account. But besides that kind of annoyance, I think it's if I really want to go into that next level deep, it's not Jimmy. It's the friend group. It's the challenge video. I think the biggest problem with Mr. B's videos, and this is just me, it's not so much Jimmy doing his big ultra soy face. Whoa, what's up guys? Hey, if you push the button, you get a hundred thousand dollars. No, no, it's not that. It's the FOMO aspect of it all. Hey, these people get a car, but you don't. These people got to play for whatever buttloads of money, but you don't. Hey. I went to this Walmart and gave this guy some money. You didn't. And then if it's not that, we're doing a challenge where we are going to go into play hide and seek with my friends. And all of these are like Matt Pad and Logan Paul and all these big names. But it's not you. 
Because you don't know these people. Fuck, they would only want to be your friend. But they're my friend. Hey, I get to meet The Rock. I get to meet Adam Sandler. Do you know Tom Brady? Do you know Pete Davidson? No? Well, fuck you. Hey, look at my friend group. Look at all the friends that like me. Don't you wish you were one of my friends? Don't you wish you were Carl Jacobs? Don't you wish you were Carl Jacobs? I bet you wish you were Carl Jacobs. Don't you wish you were Carl Jacobs? I don't know why I know. I think it's because he was on G4's uh, Name Your Price. Hey, don't you wish you were Carl Jacobs? Don't you wish you were one of my friends? Because look at my friends. They hang out with me, Jimmy, and I give them money. I let them hang out with me on this boat, and then we go on silly pranks where someone gets like into a spa and then we lock them in. It's funny. This is all pre-planned, by the way, that we have all the chocolate on board on this on this on this plane or on this boat. But it, it's 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 gonna seem like random. Like we're the jackass crew, but we're not. Don't you wish you were one of my friends? Don't you wish you were one of Jimmy Beast's friends? And then you're not. You're not. So the best you can do is just watch and watch me be happy with my friends. And then you'll be happy because I'm happy with my friends that you don't. That's the kind of stuff I don't like. And it's not just Mr. Beast. I think a good chunk of channels do that. The Here's my friend group. Don't you wish you were in my friend group? You're not in my friend group, so fuck you. Maybe it's because of me. I'm an I'm practically an only kid. I'm very lonely right now. <laughs> but when I watch a lot of these YouTube videos where it's like a bunch of friends, and you're like, well, I would. I mean, I would gladly do that. I would be. I'd be happy with that. And then you realize that will never happen. You get fucking sad. And then you realize that's like 90% of YouTube. Hey, it's me and my friend playing video games. Don't you wish you were with us? No, you can't. Hey, uh, we are a, a podcast. You Don't you wish you were with us on this podcast? No, because you can't. Hey, we are uh, some taste testers. We, we, we're like Disney, like people we go to all the Disney. Don't you wish you were with us at Disney? Too bad, you have to go to Disney. It just grows and grows and grows. You wish you could, but you can't. And that, I think, will bring some sort of annoyance and sadness to it. Well, I personally prefer more of the documentarians, like the defunct ends of the world. Um, most YouTube is not that. It's people like sharing the things that they enjoy, and rightfully so. But there is that time when you're like a miserable prick, you watch it and you just go, ugh. Uh, I wish I was them, but uh, can't. So then you just get angrier and spiteful and mean. Man, I wish I was uh, making a video with Red Letter Media. Oh, I can't though, because I don't live in Milwaukee. Oh, shit. Well, that's what happens. And these people don't know who the fuck you are. Here's some random in the comments section. Even if you say I love your videos or watch them, well, they don't fucking care. I'm sorry, Mega64 does not give a shit. It's always going to be Rocco and Derek and Sean and Garrett and what's his face and the other guy. That's it. Rooster Teeth is not going to hire you because you say, hey, love Ruby and Red versus Blue. It's not going to happen. So sorry, 
that same thing has to be with Mr. Beast. Sorry, Mr. Beast is not going to be your friend, and Mr. Beast is not going to hand you money. There will be some people where that will happen. Without a doubt, Jimmy will do that. <laughs> he seems like that kind of guy. But you got to realize that's not going to happen for most people. That's a very rare sort of thing. So you have to make your own kind of fun. You have to make your own Mr. Beast video, which leads me to the worst offender. And that's the copycats. I watch YouTube videos. I like Mr. Beast videos. His challenge videos are great. I love him going like, hey, uh, if you hold this thousand dollars for a minute, I'll give you 10,000. Like those challenges are smart. They're psychological, but they're fun. They're light. There's the, hey, if you do this a thousand bucks, but if you don't, we'll add a thousand and keep going. Things like that are smart and fun. But then there are people who copycat them. They use that same marker effect. They use that same cha-ching effect. They use all the same effects. And rather it's on TikTok or on YouTube. There are these Mr. Beast wannabe clones. And I, I gotta tell you, I fucking hate those. Well, I will bat for Mr. Beast and Jimmy because fucker deserves it. He busted his ass. He spent years and years doing this. He deserves all of the success in the world. He cracked the code. He cracked the YouTube algorithm. There are assholes that never learn from Jimmy. Jimmy was a gamer. He wanted to do Let's Plays. He wanted to be PewDiePie. And that never fucking happened. And I'm sure there's a gaming channel and he does that now. But he is not a gamer channel. He's just a guy who plays games sometimes casually. It's more challenge and weird things and big elaborate stunts. What Jimmy did is he realized this isn't working. I need to change. He was a wannabe PewDiePie. And then he advanced to becoming Jimmy Mr. Beast, the guy who throws a briefcase of money at somebody. That's it. And now you're seeing copycats and they're as young as nine or they're like trying to do that but sports related where it's the hey we're at the Mavs game and hey who wants a free ticket here you go <sighs> hey do you want this merchandise or a mystery box hey five dollars or pay it forward ten dollars or we pay it for twenty dollars or we pay it forward and it just is so bad. Look, I get it. They want to try. But when I see a little like nine year old girl go to a fucking Walmart and then hand a hundred bucks to some lady and go, here you go. I mean, a hundred bucks is still a hundred bucks. And they're still going, oh, wow, cool. Thanks. But that's not ten thousand dollars. That's not a thousand the reason those videos are success is because it's a shitload of money. You're basically doing the, ex the you're basically giving like a DoorDash tip with that kind of money. Here's a hundred bucks. I think that's how much an Uber driver gives driving me to LAX. Like it's that much. It's really disappointing in all honesty. But imagine that, but at a Walmart and it's by like a little kid or a family and they're like, Hey, we don't need this. Can you have it? Yeah, it's it's just um 
and then it's like a, a laptop computer, but it's like an Acer. It's not like an iMac or something that Mr. Beast would throw. It's just the Chromebook. Do you need this? Okay, can you like, how do you feel? You got a new laptop. Or uh, what I also saw was a faint, like family challenge videos on TikTok. Like they did bottle flipping. And it's like, we'll give you a hundred bucks if it flips right here. And it's like a little girl celebrating over like a hundred bucks. Or they did like a Plinko game. And it's like a family doing like these kind of videos. I, look, I get it. Like they're families, they want to do something as like a bonding experience. I get all that psyche. Cause, Cause I'm sure they are a, a, a kind of loving family. Seeing all these channels do it. But it's, probably the thing Jimmy would hate the most if I have to think like Jimmy Jimmy Beast that's all fabricated the one thing you need is authenticity and by being a family channel where you're just giving away a hundred bucks to your like five-year-old son and then like the wife gets 20 bucks and it's like the Jetsons for some bizarre reason uh, it's it's terrible because it's a family channel. If a kid has a bad day at school, a kid got bullied. Maybe a, a bully kid saw the TikTok video and then started harassing the kid. Or maybe the kid really did not do well at school. Like he failed a test and he just feels a little insecure. But the parents go, you're gonna film that shit and get milk it for all the money because drama sells. Or, well, you don't really need to know, like, astronomy because we're big on YouTube. Look, we got a hundred views. But our Facebook algorithm gives us 20,000. That's great. We're going to go to the park now and film our challenge video where we're going to be playing spike ball. Yeah, we're going to win. We're going to play Jenga. Like, like every other family channel. We'll do Cornhole, Jenga, and uh, what's that shit one? The, the Not Hacky Sack, but uh, Sling. The, the little slack thing, the little like tightrope walk. And bottle flipping. We'll still do bottle flipping. I know bottle flip videos are cool because it's, like it's like a backflip, but water, what? Bottle flipping. In 2023, what a concept. Minute to win it did that like almost 20 years ago at this point. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it's those challenge. It's the, hey, uh, do you want uh, a free tattoo or do you want uh, an envelope of money? Like I, Hey, I'm a gym guy. I'll give you five bucks for every push-up you do. Uh-huh. And that's it. I'll give you five bucks for every push-up you do. And they do the cha-ching and the marker falling like Mr. Beast. When Mr. Beast, he gave a, a bodybuilder a one-pound dumbbell and told him, for every curl you do, I'll give you a dollar and then purposely made him wear out for like five hours and go, hey, you got like 20, you got like, like 11,000 reps. That's pretty good. Hey, I'll give you 11,000, but I'll double it if you can do like a 50 pound weight because he knows that's going to be really challenging. 
And that was a fun little challenge kind of concept, a double or nothing deal. That's how you make drama. That's how you add stakes. That's how you make it fun. Just going to a parking lot at like a crunch fitness and go, hey, I'll give you five bucks per push up. That doesn't fucking do shit. <laughs> there is nothing like fun about those videos. They're just bootleg Mr. Beast in a way that is really embarrassing. Uh, not just for me watching it as a grown adult, but like in terms of like, you're, they're just starting out. These are people who probably started maybe one, two years ago. They see Mr. Beast is working, but they can't figure out why. So they're just copying what Mr. Beast does now instead of finding the voice, which is probably what Jimmy would be encouraging. Find your voice, find your authenticity, and then go with it. Why doesn't the person give five bucks do a big challenge? Why doesn't the family go on a family vacation and just have fun and have different perspectives? Like this is what the parents do and this is the kid. We gave the kid a camera and we gave him a thousand bucks and said, have fun yourself and do like a whole Richie Rich situation or actually. Hey, family uh, channels, uh, family, uh, if you want my advice, go full on Home Alone. Like, put cameras all over their house and let your kid be by themselves and see what happens after, like, a week. Or, like, take them to New York and give them, like, the hotel, the, the lavish hotel from uh, Home Alone 2, and just see what happens. I think you'll have more fun with that than just simply, hey, we're all doing the Gongdom-style Harlem Shake videos still. In 2023, we're, hey, we changed it up now. We're, we're, we're basically forcing each other to send texts. I watched this um, TikTok a guy, a guy called Hot Spanish. He was in my algorithm. And it's a Spanish Mr. Beast. I guess they're all over the place. And it was like things like, hey, uh, if you uh, kiss this stranger, we'll give you a mystery spin. And then it's like, hey, We'll uh, ask the, these w women to shave their heads, and if they spin this wheel, they could win a car. And it's like, oh, nope, they only won a thousand pesos. Okay, that's not good. I guess they're happy. It, it, it just, it, it, it doesn't make sense. The, I get it because there's an activity, you engage in activity, Game shows are focused on that. But speaking as someone who watches game shows pretty much as a podcast, as a livelihood, it's not really a livelihood. I don't have any Patreons. Um, Labs few. I'm making 10 bucks. <laughs> but uh, uh, the reason a game show works is you put yourself in that situation. And Mr. Beast knows that that was the big negative, is that FOMO of you wish you were there. But... There is not really a lot of play along. It's not like a Wheel of Fortune, a Jeopardy, or whatever. And it's instead a passive viewing, much like a reality television show, that as an audience member, you're supposed to be on the perspective of Jimmy, Mr. Beast. 
in his commentary and his ADR, which, by the way, I will actually say is actually better than most game shows. Because when I hear like, hey, the last one to leave the circle gets $100,000, and he then the, the voiceover work is like, and that means any part of the body leaving the line means you're out. It's in the same breath and in that same inflection and not a fuzzy phone ADR or, or not, clearly not made years in advance. They actually, again, I, I like the channel in so many ways for that regard. Um, but there, it's a passive viewing. You're not there to... Um, really put yourself in that situation unless you want to be miserable you're supposed to be there to like look at somebody and go oh that's great good for them good for that person that kid's like a 20 year old and he's like he's a waiter that's good like like the same way you would do on the prices right like oh that that little kid just got ten thousand dollars that's wonderful so you feel good watching it because you're seeing someone happy Mr. Beast obviously knows it's a happy show. He's trying to sell joy and happiness. That's way better than let's humiliate people on the street for a hundred bucks. And let's not be Mr. Let's be like Mr. Beast Jr. And try and give away lemonade. And instead, it is the big twist. You're going to love this, this concept for YouTube. So a little girl has a lemonade stand and she's selling lemonade for a dollar. But the catch is, when the guy who goes to buy a lemonade for a dollar, he, he gets a hundred dollars back as his change. Now, well, that would be a really great video because wait a minute, why are you giving me a hundred bucks? There's not a lot of coverage of the person getting confused why they're getting a hundred bucks. It's the same over-the-shoulder shot behind, like, a plant or in a car somewhere that you've seen in, like, prank shows from the 80s. Like, it's not good shots. To me, it's horrible. And you, I think you need to really think what you're going to do. So, is Mr. Beast good or bad? I think there are bigger assholes out there. I would rather have a Mr. Beast video. I would rather watch Mr. Beast videos for the rest of my life on YouTube than say Mr. Beast Jr. clones, family videos, or the kind of drama YouTubers that will discredit Mr. Beast because there's a guy who's trans and now he's not trans and I don't, why Mr. Beast so woke? I don't think he cares. I don't think he, I think politically speaking, he's, he's neutral. I think he doesn't give a shit. I think if anything, he'll probably his big political speech is I shouldn't be the guy handing out this fucking money. I'm pretty sure this should be a job with somebody else, but I'll g gladly do this. Also, the fucking environment will be neat and the ocean. That's just me. Um... I think Mr. Beast is a good channel. I think the, the knockoffs suck. But, um... Oh, it'll be okay. Hang on. Okay, so... So, 
So, um, yeah. In conclusion, I think he's just some nerd. I mean, he was really awkward at the Kids' Choice Awards. Like, hey, I don't know, I've been stuck there for a few, for 20 minutes. Uh, and I think he's just a gamer. That's all. I mean, like, think about it. Gaming culture is kind of already shit as it is. The whole Twitch uh, split revenue thing, the new kind of concept uh, where you put ads, it's, it's all becoming mess. And the more people are trying to get into the gaming focus, I mean, Summer, what is it? Summer Games Fest was proof of this. The more it's just sort of just a big blur. Everyone's trying to be Ninja or, or Ludwig and, and not trying to be themselves. And I think Mr. Beast is at least trying to do something different. And if we're going to go into the whole challenge thing, game shows are getting more worse in terms of time and money on these contestants. Like, you have these contestants that have to be gone for two, three days for a thousand bucks. And at least with a Mr. Beast video, it seems like they fly them out, they give them hotels, they give them money. Like, it, everything is kind of fair and square, it seems like, versus a... Hey, you have to train to figure out how to answer a trivia question kind of thing. The big takeaway when it comes to all this is simply do something different that only you could do. Try and find your own voice, find your own character and go for it. Don't be a copycat. That's kind of what I think Jimmy would encourage and I think that's something that you should all focus on. There are millions of people who play video games on the internet. Millions of people who have thoughts on video games. Be your own weirdo. Because then eventually you can get paid by the Sonic the Hedgehog company to have some stupid Sonic contest or a Minecraft thing because of Pringles or whatever. So I applaud Jimmy for, for these weird attempts. And I, I think when it comes to gamer, everyone's trying to get that, that bag of money for playing games and... I think you have to find your own way into that, that arena. And I don't know what that will be for me. But we'll see how that goes. That's going to do it for tonight's episode. Sorry for it being over an hour. I hope you guys enjoyed. Uh, stay tuned for another game shows, I suppose, as we continue going through all of the uh, GSN Originals, and also stay tuned to my uh, website, jordanhaas.com. You can follow me at jordanhaas on Twitter, but jordanhaas on Blue Sky. And I'll see you again soon for another podcast. This is Jordan Haas signing off. Good night. <laughs>